on, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Me and E show. We're going to have a uh, a nice little, possibly short show here. We are minus our two main characters, uh, but we still have Mr. Mark Jones. He is actually about to load up onto a plane. Uh, my brother in crime. Uh, my yeah, brother yeah. from another mother. This is my dude. Mr. Mark Jones, we'll have him on for another 10 minutes. What you say, Mark? I said, yay, yay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then over here on my side is my other little baby brother yes, from my other mother, Mr. Desmond Jones. Yeah, yeah, How's it yeah, going yeah. for you there? Pretty good, man. Getting ready for the graduation week. That's right, that's right, man. Got a graduation coming up. So, yeah, like I said before, we are short uh, E right now. Um, and like I said, we're going to have Mark here limited. Uh, so they call him, either call him to get on the plane or they actually come and haul him off. Because if I could show you the picture that he, the way he looks right now at the airport, I think the officers should detain this person right now, immediately. What do you think, Dad? What do you what, Looking at him, what you think? I thought. Look, we saw about three or four guards go past him already. I thought he was about to get down. So. <laughs> I'm hoping that he got his iPhone tracker on so that at least his wife or maybe his son can find him. Because, look, all right, we can't help you if you ain't got your tracker on. I'm just letting you know. Listen, I'm a ghost. You feel me? I'm a ghost from power. From Tyreek, really. <laughs> I was like, I was like, please don't say you got you ghosts, cause ghosts got killed. <laughs> ghosts ain't make it. Yeah, but it's by his son, and none of mine are here, so I'm good. That don't matter. Well, well, if you're ghost, I'm that foreign dude and taken. When I lean in, I say, "Good luck." <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> All right, so so I know Mark, you're about to head off here soon. You got uh, before we get into anything, you got anything you want to want to say? Uh, get off or what? You, what you got? Listen, um, I mean, I don't even know what the direction of the show is going to go today, and I wish you guys luck hosting without me. But uh, I'm just, I just really think that the, the Chicago Bulls. Um, Here's my question to you guys. Do you guys think that the Chicago Bulls has been a disappointment this year? That's my question. Um, If you look at the the situation in its totality, where the team started to where they're at now, do you call the season uh, a lost season? I don't necessarily call it uh, a lost season. And I've kind of stated this before in a pod when you had – um, what happened was, you know, the college, you know, the the Bulls players, they had went through their freshman year, right? You know, yeah, all these rookies. It's like you go into college, and you start off going for this major, and you realize halfway through you switch majors, that you realize that this ain't the major for me. You switch majors, and you gotta kind of build back up the like the new credits for the new program because they don't transfer over. This is where we at with the Bulls. So I don't, I don't call it. Uh, a, a disappointing season just because this year was about coming in and figuring out figuring out what we got we actually got a new set of eyes some people that actually can recognize talent can keep it real 
keep keep away the BS. You know, a total world difference between having Billy Donovan as a coach compared to the clown Jim Boylan. So um, we already knew coming in, we were just going to be recognizing uh, this team for what it is, trying to figure out what the pieces are, trying to figure out if Laurie is a real piece going forward, trying to figure out is Zach the person that we think he is or he's just a pretender. And We got that answer already. We got the answer already. Laurie is not – Laurie will not be on the team next season. Exactly. I'm telling you right now. I, I, I totally agree with you. So, I mean, and that's what the basis was about – for the season, would would it have been nice to make it to the playoffs? Absolutely, but it's kind of hard to do that when your best player misses two weeks plus time for for, yeah. COVID, for COVID down the stretch. Like, you know, the team was sitting in the eighth, ninth seed. They didn't have to be in the in the tenth seed to make it to the play in. You can say you made the playoffs, but you know they are sitting at the twelfth seed. Probably the game tonight would probably kick them, um, have them eliminated from that playoff contention spot. And, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you've seen some um, you've seen some up and down play out of Kobe, which is another piece that you want to keep keep your eyes going forward. Uh, you've seen the the core nucleus of the team get blown up midseason with the trades for Nikolic uh, um, for Vucic. I think that's how you said pronounce the name. No, I butchered the hell out of it. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna have to get we're gonna get an analyst on here to help us out. It, no, I got I, it. I wouldn't even try it. I got it. It's Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic. That's gonna be the title of the episode. Wow. <laughs> 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 so, but. But you know you you seen you seen the you seen the Bulls blow blow blew up the team, they blew up their core because you, you you thought going for it like all right at least you got maybe you got a decent piece in Wendell Carter, you and you know you see him get oust out the door along with Danny Gafford and a couple of other pieces and almost Laurie Markkinen if Pelicans wasn't being stubborn and didn't want to give up you know Lonzo Ball at the time, but yeah. um. So, yeah, coming into the season, you knew the season was about figuring it out. And I think that's what AK has done so far. He figured out – he cleaned out the locker room, got rid of the bums that was in there, got rid of the people that was mentally soft that didn't feel like, you know, fit the mode of what he was looking for going forward and made moves and still looking to get aggressive and add moves. You still got P. Will, which could be the best player in the next two years, or say. You know, a person that can play both sides of the ball. I'd rather preferably see him get better at the three rather than see him start and play at the four. But, you know, it's each is their own. I think, he, I think he's more aggressive at the four. I think he's more aggressive at the four. I think he, for whatever reason, in the three, he kind of drifts, where in the four, he kind of is more aggressive. That's my, that's my take on it so far. I mean, do you think he's more aggressive just because the fact that he's playing against like slower people that play the four, and then he he sees them and like, oh, this yes. is fresh meat, this is easy money. Let me eat up over here. Yes, I think that's part of it. It's a big part of it. Hmm. Yes. Go ahead, well, sir. Get jumping on that. Well, I would say you know, looking at it, I'm I haven't like we've talked about it before. Like I haven't really been following the Bulls. Uh, I mean, I'll follow them. Like, I'll check up on the scores and stuff like that, see where they're at. 
see that they're on a losing streak again and probably don't t- look back for them again for another two weeks. But uh, this year's a little different, the the addition. So they have sparked my my uh, my interest again. So I am a little excited at where they're heading. Um, you know, like you said, uh, with Zach being out for two weeks doesn't help because uh, if he's in there, I mean, I think they're in the play-ins for sure. You know, because right now they're sitting three games out um, and they have to win all three of their games and Washington has to lose the next two uh, for them to actually make it in there. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of excited to see what next year is going to bring, you know. Um, but let me ask you all this. So they just played the Nets and Kevin Durant just gave them a, a ringing endorsement on what's going on over here. Uh, he mentioned Zach Levine, uh, v, v, the V-man. Uh, he said that that, that core there, Bushkits, Bushkits. Yeah, so the V vegan, the vegan Megan, he is uh, him and uh, and Levine are a good core, and he added in the Kobe White uh, as a as a possible uh, third person, not all star person, but he said one can go out and get you know twenty to thirty points uh, in a given night if need to. Uh, what do you all think about Kobe White's uh, addition, uh, contribution to the team as, as far as we go into next year? I think Kobe White isn't a point guard. I think he's a, I think he's a Luke Williams type. I think he is going to be um, – I think he's going to be lead your second unit. He's going to be your sixth man. So, your Luke Will, your Jamal Crawford type person, first guy to come off your bench, gives you scoring. But I don't think he's going to ever be a, a point guard. For a guy who has been – you know, under the tutelage of uh, Chris Paul, he hasn't shown the knack to, uh, you know, get other people involved. He's more so looking for his shot, which is fine. There's a there's a benefit for that. There's a there's a need for that to have that sworn off the second off the second union. But I just don't think he's going to be a lead point guard to get everyone going. Um, so I think he needs to be your like I said, your six men off the bench. And and next year you're going to have to need to. Now, the Bulls have been rumored to be interested, obviously, in Alonzo Ball. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, if he opts out, which all in case he probably will, Dennis Schroeder, stuff like that. But you need a lead point guard to get these – to feed these guys and not necessarily look for a shot. Also, who can play defense because one thing Kobe Bryant – Kobe, uh, Kobe White doesn't do is he doesn't play defense whatsoever. He's, oh, he's defense, not that dude, is he? Oh, he does not play defense whatsoever. He's just bad at it. For someone who's 6'5", with all the scoring athletic ability, you need a defensive-minded person back there with Zach, because Zach's not the best defensive player. So um, you need, really, a defensive player at the point guard spot, a 3D-type point guard, like kind of like Lonzo. You also need that same type from the forward spot, too. Um, you gotta ha- you got to have two people on that, on that unit that's going to be able to make up for the deficiencies for your two best players and, and uh, Nicole Vucevic and uh, Zach Levine. So, Mark, you actually brought up something that I, I was I wanted to get into uh, a little later, but Desmond, I, I want to hear your, your take on Kobe as well. Um, but what I wanted, was looking towards was seeing how they gave up some their draft assets over the next three three years. I think the first – Next year, it's it's, the, it's it's this year number one, and then not next year, no, but the following year after the that. year after that. Well, so looking at well, to be wait, hold on one second. It's not that it's it's a it's a lottery protected. So yeah, it's top oh, fee protected. It? 
yeah, it's top four protected. So if they land in the top four, the Bulls keep their pick and then they get next year's pick. So it's the, the lottery right protected this year and then it's lottery protected in 2024. Mm-hmm. So if the Bears, if the Bulls pick their pick this year, um, the, the, uh, the Magic is the 2023 pick. And then the 2024 pick automatically becomes 2025 because you can't give up your chip, you can't give up your draft pick two consecutive years. It's called the Stephen Rule. Oh, uh, so more than likely they're going to miss the playoffs. Like it's a tall order from the win these next three games. They still got uh, the Nets again, and then they have Milwaukee, and then Washington has you know two bum teams they got to play. So seeing how they'll miss the playoffs, so they'll be in the lottery but their amount of balls is going to be probably the lowest. So they have a low chance of getting that. But if they do happen to get that, like that year they ended up with uh, Elton Brand, I think they had it was the same thing happened no. that year, right? No, so it was Derrick Rose because they had like a 5% chance. Derrick Rose, number one pick. yes. Derrick Rose, right. they That's got to win one pick. Their, their draft pick as far as getting, they'll finish, I think right now, they're slotted for like seven or eight right now or nine. But the Pelicans, when they got Zion, they were they were, they were like the, they're in the same position that the Bulls were in. They ended up getting number one pick. So my whole point to say that is the fact that because they lo- they changed the lottery odds a couple of years ago, so now it's more chaos with the lottery picks, especially if you're within the top ten. You can be in a top ten projected pick and still end up with the first pick because the the, the odds uh, have changed. So um, and that's to combat so, the, uh, the the tanking which I hate that term. Right. I hate tanking. I, I could talk about it for a while, but kind of prevent that. That's what that was for, right? Correct. Correct. We know you hate tanking. We know you hate tanking. Yeah. I, I, no, I hate the term tanking. I hate the term. And no, you're right. I hate tanking. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Des, what do you think about the trade? Like, like with the trade being made and, and the Bulls don't make the, you know, let's say they they get the, the fifth pick and that tr- that pick goes to, to Orlando. Do you think that the Bulls lost that trade? I still I still don't think the Bulls lost that trade. I mean, he still got he still walked away with with an All Star. Um, you knew this team couldn't just keep adding younger talent to the team and still being stuck where they are. So I'm not. It was time for a change and definitely. Um, definitely a change um in the atmosphere for the team because he i mean getting rid of training away Wendell carter for um for an all-star i mean that's a win in my books no matter what it's not like you have a, a top tier like like no-brainer like superstar that's in his draft you know you have some good you have some nice talent don't get me wrong but it's not like a, a difference maker that's about to I mean, there's some difference makers, but it's not like, you know, I would say, I'll call it like your no-brainer, like number one pick, like Zion. I, I think, I, I think, well, you guys, it just depends on your need. I think Kay Cunningham, yeah. uh, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley, they're, those guys could be... This, those are some dudes. Those are some legit guys. Then you guys still got Jalen Suggs. I mean, there's you can make an argument for four guys, but those four guys are going to be able to help boost the program i'm not saying they're zion level or lebron level yeah but they're still gonna be solid i mean you're gonna look at this could be like another jason tatum type you got like four or five jason tatum impact type players there in this league they're gonna be in this draft this year 
right. So, and my thing is, if I mean, he put the. It's not like he didn't put the protection on there. You know, if he was drafting fifth and fifth and lower, man, I wouldn't. You know, I don't really care. But if you draft four and higher, you still get you still get to keep your pick. So, I mean, I I was fine with the trade when he did it, and I'm almost always be fine with it. My question is, on paper. Now going into going so far at the end of the season, do you think this roster is better on paper right now than it was at the start of the season? Yes, I think that goes with that question. You have two all stars; you didn't have that before, so I think and you're so, definitely a better so, team. Yeah. So, if if we are in agreement that this is a better team now, then you can also say this is a step in the right direction for the Bulls. Oh, no, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with you. I've, I'm bringing this argument up because your father doesn't agree with that. He likes to like continue to, to add and, and build. And like we've been doing that for the past five years. That's how you ended up with Kobe White, which you hate to the 10th degree. And that's why you ended up with Wendell Carter, you know, them, them seventh, them seventh, uh, overall picks didn't turn out what three the three they oh yeah three and Laurie Marcus it, so yeah yeah seven 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 <laughs> if they're in Vegas they have been great but you know Laurie Markman <laughs> Wendell Carter Jr. <laughs> and Kobe White and Kobe White you know those are you getting picked seven for three straight years and honestly by the by the end of it you know only Kobe might stand and that's not that's not a guarantee Kobe still to be part of something moving because AK and them are not beholden to any of these guys. The only no. people that they are beholden to is Patrick, is Patrick Williams and uh, Vujovic and, and Zach Levine at this point. And, and like, even see. Zach is not necessarily guaranteed. I think he's safer, but he's not guaranteed I, to be here. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely safer because he has a skill that is actually hard to come by in the NBA. So, mm-hmm. and scoring, yeah. scoring efficiently, and that's the thing. Um, and so, I mean, but you, you see the type of players that, that AK and Billy don't mind. Like you look at your, your Troy Brown, you look at your, your Daniel Tice, you look at your, um, you look at just some of the pieces, pe- the pieces that they got back. They're looking for that you know, two way versatile athletic people that can, that could defend most importantly defend, but it also got like a, they can carry themselves as a profession, but they also just mentally tough. And, you know, they want to, they are professional. And I feel like all the people that they just let go, it was acting like things was already been handed to them. And, you know, they was walking around like they, they stuffed on stink and like they wasn't going nowhere. <laughs> well, I knew that was going to change, especially they got Billy Donovan. So I knew that, you know, like I said, I haven't watched them, but when they hire, they hire Billy Donovan, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of them the players' numbers were, were <laughs> a lot of the players once, they, they were numbered at that point. Once, once Zach went out, that's why I was like, mm, I'm out on Bulls. Plus, my last two weeks been been crazy, but before then, I was I would at least try to tune into the games, watch like a quarter, watch like a little bit of it. But once Zach went out, I'm like, bro, I don't want to see his team. Right now, I think right. it was at a point. I think it was at a point where where Zach was out and Booch was out because he had ended up with like a bad bag. I was like, for I'm not about to turn into that's where the right where where are my White Sox at because <laughs> they have more yeah. much more of an entertaining team to watch right now than trying to follow follow the Bulls right now. 
Well, so let me I'm ask let you guys. Oh, before, before, before you do that, so I gotta, we're about to start blurting. So, um, last thing, real quick. Uh, would you, who, let me, you guys have talked about, I'm gonna throw this question out, and I appreciate having me on my show. <laughs> or our show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what do you guys, in the free agency, if you guys, well, who's the ideal fit that you think the Bulls uh, should get? And who do you think they're going to get? Like, there's there, that can be two different things. So, who do you think the Bulls should target? And who do you think the Bulls are going to end up getting? Now, on that note, I'm out. You guys enjoy the show, and I can't wait to hear it back. So, you guys have a great day. All right, Mike. Hey, be safe, man. Safe travels. We'll safe do. travels. I'll see you soon, bro. I'll see you soon. And I'm out to speak. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Hey, man. That's Mark, man. He's out. He's about to get on his flight and fly out there to see his baby brother graduate, which is awesome, man. I'm 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 happy for him and I'm happy for you, uh, Des, as well. So but yeah, you know, I want that. I was gonna ask that too. Uh who do you like what what, what you think, man? I mean, other than um me see them go after Lonzo, um, because I think he'd be a good fit. He can play, he can uh be a nice point guard addition and a nice defensive piece uh, to that team. Um, I will uh, always love and wouldn't mind um, them uh, going after Derek and be like, yo, don't you want to come back? You know? <laughs> hey, um, that's that's crazy, bro. That's crazy because, like I said, I haven't really followed, so I really I don't know who's up for free agency right now. But yeah, I so, first thing that popped in my head was a veteran point guard. So I was kind of thinking, like, is Chris Paul available to to come in and kind of do kind of like like the way you all talk about Kobe White? I was like, maybe a veteran. So and then you just throw out Derrick Rose. So I'm like, yes, yes. I think I, that's where I'm. My head was at. Yeah, uh, other people that's noted that's uh, available is um, Kyle Lowry is available. Um, as a free agent, unrestricted free agent, you also have um, Dennis Schroeder, um, but he's also he has bird rights to LA, so that can he can easily fall off the market. But other than that, there's really no there's no really veteran guard like maybe Mike Conley, but I still gonna be Brad Bulls a little cash tight right now, so. Um, the biggest piece I wouldn't mind I'm seeing is, is to say is two things. One, they get they or even uh, Spencer Dinwiddle. I I wouldn't mind uh, the Bulls bringing being able to bring him back because he was once a Bull and they let him go and he just developed into a nice piece. So uh, I would rather see. I want the Lazo experience, man. I don't, yeah, but, yeah, definitely. You know, hey, I feel before, like uh, I feel like I missed. Schroeder? I'm sorry. Who did you say before Schroeder? Who I said before Schroeder? I said Kyle Lowry. Okay, yeah, I, that's what I was. Because he's a he's that he'll be free agent like straight out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I mean, Toronto, Toronto probably sign him up. I don't know. It, it's they have Fred Van lead up there, so. Try to play them side side by side. They get murdered by any time they play any anybody with backcourt that's bigger bigger than them. So uh, I don't. They have to 
move on from these one one guards. Gotcha. And gotcha. it probably be it probably be Kyle, but at the same time, Kyle is like a legend to them because they they want to chip with Kyle. True. True. Yeah. Um, that's why I say you, you reach out to Derek and you're like, yo, man, I know you didn't, you and the old regime didn't end so well, but let's just come on home. He'll be, what, 33 next year? Just bring him off the bench, play six man. Let him be a, a mentor to 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 Kobe. Get Kobe one yeah. last one last shot. Because the thing about Kobe, man, he this is this is his second year. He didn't finish out his first year. He only played what I think last year. Season stopped at like sixty some games, sixty six. He's still a young piece. Point guard in the NBA is very difficult. I think Kobe. I'm still like a Kobe believer. I feel like he can still develop into it, but mm-hmm. you just gotta be patient with him, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just last year he got drafted. That is, that this was his third year. This is his second year. Wow, really? Yeah, I've and you his, know, and his and his rookie year got cut short. Yeah, I, I, mean, I remember him getting hurt. I just feel like he's been a, at least a year longer, you know. Yeah. But I, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you check in and check out on on, on, on what's going on with the Bulls. Now, mm. now you mentioned Derrick Rose. Do you think he would leave? I mean, I don't know if he's a free agent right now, but what's going on over in New York is as kind of amazing. I mean, we talked about it before, you know, before as they started to start gelling with uh, Randall and, and Rose and everybody. But uh, if you would told me that, yeah, if you if you would tell me that the Knicks would be a playoff team before the Bulls, I would have laughed at you. Right, right. And I didn't know they still had Taj Gibson over there. Yeah, they brought they brought back Taj. They got they got a nice mix of wheelchair Gibson. Okay. They got a mix of nice young and old, like a like veteran and young staff. So and and Tibbs uh, has learned from each stop that he's been at. He knows how to kind of mix in those younger guys now. Like the people that you know, it's people that was mad and pissed at him from not playing certain people. But when you look at where they at now, like a Chris Dunn, you know, people was mad that he wasn't playing them. But obviously, Tim was saw the talent this kid had was like, yo, this kid ain't it. You know, I don't think there's been a person that that Tibbs has been like a credit for for like not playing and then they started booming somewhere else. You know? Gotcha. You know? I I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, like when you when you look at when you say like Chris Dunn or you even look at uh Dennis Smith Jr. before he got traded to he he was part of that trade to bring to bring Derek to um to to the Knicks. So I don't think, you know, personnel wise, wise, Tibbs knows who he has and what people have and what they don't have. And may, maybe you could say the one thing that he didn't do and he probably should have done was probably start playing Jimmy Butler earlier to have getting more developed. But I mean Jimmy has some development that he needed to do and which he, yeah. he did. But Jimmy put in the artwork himself. So he was like like Jimmy is like like Tibbs as a coach, but Jimmy's the player yeah. like yes. as far as work out. I agree. So, I totally agree. I thought he brought him in right on time. And you know like like as far as development, you know, if I if I remember right, uh you know, when he first brought him in like 
I, I knew it was from Marquette, but I mean, I still didn't. It was Marquette he was from, right? Yep, it was from Marquette. So, you know, it was just him bringing a man and, uh, you know, that, that ferociousness on defense, you know, still be able to score on offense, you know, really messed. And, you know, Jimmy Butler turned into Jimmy, you know, mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, you know what I mean? So, you know, yeah. uh, watching him in the finals last year was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I, when he, when he did that, I think they went in overtime, but he, he went balls to the wall through one of those, that game three or something like that, or to, to bring it up, you know, and as much energy as it, as, as he put into that game to, to will that team back, you know, um, you could tell after that with the game that, that followed that, because he just looked dead after that. He'll have a spurt here and there, but I think that one game, he put all that he had, which that's the kind of person he is. He puts, he puts his whole soul in, into every play. And, you know, he just, I think that's how the Lakers eventually won. They, he just, just tired out. Yeah. I mean, Lakers are a far better team anyway. So no matter what you say, Lakers are going to win that series, regardless of what Miami was going to do. Especially, know, especially Miami was hurt too. So it was missing. Yeah. Down. That was missing Gorg, uh, Dragic. Yeah. That, that was an injured, beat up team. And so, so here's what they had against them. I think that Davis three, that one, that one, that I don't know which game it is, but it was yeah. like a pivotal game. And he hit that three, you know, when they won the, where they wore their Mamba gear, mm-hmm. you know, I think if he doesn't hit that three, I think Miami comes away and actually might actually pull, pull that series out. But he hit that three and then Butler already drained all his energy out. Yeah. Lakers had that. That was, and plus they had uh, had Kobe behind him too, so yeah, it it was it wasn't it wasn't wasn't their time, but they gave a good good series. They did. They gave a little better series than expected. But like I said, that team, that Miami team, was beat up, and there was no way they were going to compete against that, that Lakers team. Yeah. Not with everything that's been riding on that season at that point in time. Let me ask you this: So you know, we kind of kind of started talking about Tibbs, you know, kind of kind of followed the way where we were going there. But if I know Tibbs learned going through each, and you mentioned him learning each step that he took uh, or each destination he went. um, Do you think if he actually stayed in Chicago, he would have been able to build a better team over time? Um, I would say that your team probably would have stayed in the playoffs because every stop he's been at, his team has pretty much made the playoffs. Probably other than probably maybe one year in Timberwolves, and that was part of the year he got fired. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I would say your team definitely made the playoff. I feel as though that maybe you don't you don't end up with pieces like Wendell Carter, or you don't end up with pieces like Kobe White because maybe maybe Tibbs look at him like you know what. I see stuff in this kid that I don't like. And, like, Tibbs has an eye for talent, which is something during those years after the after Tibbs left, you saw the Bulls not that good at identifying and picking talent. Like, you ended up with Cameron Payne on your team. And you nice. Yeah. Good point. Good point. You're right. You ended up with a lot of just – not great players on your team. I'll say that, and you know, and, and I think, and maybe, maybe the like one trade. I think uh, 
though like one of the pieces that Tibbs really wanted to see was like a, you know the Doug McDermott and I think that was probably like maybe the only sour things that he didn't you know do good with maybe also Nicole Nicolia Miritich at the time that he just yeah, didn't play, like- he, just, he didn't play the potential that he needed to and he ended up back overseas at home he's like man in the no more so you look at certain yeah. certain aspects of what Tibbs you know no matter where you go Tibbs is going to get the best out of his players and I also think that he has a, a keen eye for for talent and and work ethic too so yeah um, that work ethic so he demands I mean, that yeah he does so I think that what he's done in New York it's not a surprise but like I said if you would tell me that the Bulls was the Knicks was going to be in the playoffs before the Bulls I would have laughed at you yeah yeah and Stephen A. Smith was laughing his butt off because he was trying to look at the playoff seedings. And uh, he said, the Knicks get in as a possible four. They will play Atlanta, possibly, which they're capable of being Atlanta. And he said that the next round, they would end up against the Nets. And he was like, that would be like the marquee, like of all, like there is a chance that possibly the Knicks could go ahead and bang with those nets. But you, what, you, you think that's a, a possibility? Uh, I don't have a car number. I think that um, that will be like a dope, a dope series, the battle for all New York. Yeah. Brooklyn versus the Nets in the second round. I'm, I, I'm going to watch the Knicks to the playoffs. I, I, I'm, I'm putting a step on it now. I'm watching the Knicks to the playoffs. I had just made a tweet the other day saying, like, it's so much sports that's about to have, take place for the next month, month and a half, where you got the WNBA coming to season, you got NBA playoffs, and you also got baseball right now. Yeah. That, that's a lot of sports right now. And, and and even if you're if you're into the NHL, man, playoffs, NHL, minus the Blackhawks, minus the Blackhawks, big minus the Blackhawks. But yeah, that's a, that's another thing. So it's a lot of sports that's about to take place. I know I had just told myself like I need to put a schedule together because I want to be able to watch some of these games. Like, I took today to try to watch uh, watch the the Twins and the White Sox play to see the White Sox win. People go against win against the division rival, big win. Um, especially just with um, how bang up this uh, White Sox team is right now. I'm looking forward to seeing yeah, how, how they kind of, you know, just try to stay afloat. Like, that's how talented that team is. Like, they lost some key pieces. Some pieces are playing out of not in a particular lineup, and you got a wacky manager that probably cost them a couple of games, and it's still <laughs> not the division. So, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking as I don't know. Like I have no idea what the White House would be doing. Like I knew they have the talent. I know they have the talent, but you know, with the manager hire they had, it's in the end you start coming in. And then a week ago I look up and not only is Kansas City uh up in first, but the White Sox are like second and you know, probably like fourth or fifth best record in the MLB. You know, as I'm like, 
wow, just just imagine if this team had have everybody in, you know, right now. They they'd be running through this league right now. Unlike my uh my Chicago Cubs, you know, so um I did, like I said, I do I do want to give a shout out to the to the South Side, you know. Uh but you know, I've always I always cheered both of them on, but yeah. I was always taught to cheer for one, don't cheer for the other. So it's been my No, uh, I know. I know. But the problem with me was I was I grew up on the south side. Um, but you know, when I got home, it was the Cubs that was playing. They always they all, all they had were day games. So every time I got home, I turned the TV on, channel nine, WGN, it was always the Cubs. Always the Cubs, and I thought I started watching Andre Dawson, Ryan Sandberg, Goose Gossage, Mark Brace, uh, Jerome Walton with the 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 rookie hit streak of uh, consecutive games over 30. Dwight Smith, who came up second in a rookie uh, all rookie, you know, voting that year, you know. So I still went to White Sox games. Mom would we would get tickets from the YMCA and we'd go over to the White Sox games, and she would. This is how ghetto my mom was. Not, 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 I don't want to say ghetto, but she would take, we would pack a little lunch in our bag and she would take a pop. You can't take bottles or cans in. So she would get a Ziploc bag, pour the pop in there, seal it, and then get a straw, cut the straw. And so we, she had a homemade pre-sun of grape soda and orange soda. So when we got to the games, we had our own feel. But yeah, I've, you know, I watched the White Sox with, uh, Ozzy Gillian, uh, Harold Baines, uh, 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 I must say Greg Kittle. Um, who is that other catcher? Is it Kittle? Oh, but anyway, I used to watch the White Sox back then. When I graduated uh, high school at 94, they had uh, Wilson Alvarez, uh, Jason Beret. So I follow both teams. You know, I was a Chicago fan, and I followed both of them. When they won the World Series, I was in Atlanta. I cheered, I cheered my butt off for them. Uh, but at heart, I, I said, I don't know. I just, I'm, I lean more Cubs fans than, than White Sox, but you know, I still, I still keep an eye on both of them. I now, like I grew up, was the I was raised. You know, you cheer for one, you don't cheer for other. But as I've gotten older. You know, you just appreciate what they do on the north side. You know, you just keep your eye on them out of respect. You know, I don't, I mean, I'm always picked the White Sox over the Cubs, but I mean, I'm still root for them just because they're from Chicago, you know, except when they're playing the White Sox and it's White Sox all day. You know, all gloves I, are off. All gloves are off. Yeah, all gloves are off. And so, um, I mean, that was just the way I raised. So, I'm kudos yeah, to that. Yeah. I get, you know, hey, I I, I love it. I, my uh, Sophie's cousin in Chicago, he's a diehard White Sox fan. He tries to rub it in my face uh, when they won. He even sent me, when they went to the World Series that year, he sent me a uh, White Sox, both of us White Sox jerseys. I, I, I still threw that sucker on, you know, shoot. But like I said, I remember when I went the first, the only Cubs game I went to Wrigley Field was back in the day when it was still an exhibition when the White Sox and Cubs played. Hmm. It was like a month into the season. They would have an exhibition game between them two before they went entry league. And uh, you know, so yeah, man. I just I, I've been to the Cubs Stadium once and I was very uncomfortable being there. 
And just mainly because <laughs> it's mainly just because the stadium is so old. They got the two TV. They, at the time when I went, I don't yeah. know what it's like right now because I haven't been there and since they did all the renovation around the stadium. But at the time, I'm like, bro, y'all still got two TVs, like black and white stuff hanging in y'all stadiums. Like, take this ish down. It don't need to be up. Yeah. Y'all yeah. are five decades behind. Like, get, get, Oh, they just they just started renovating with 2008 around there. I mean, they put the, they got the lights up in 90, let's see, 90 or was it 88, 89, you know, which was a long time coming. They were the last one to have night games and and break like so you already knew they were going to be behind behind the times, you know. So um, I, I, I went there. I was like, y'all call this a stadium? This ain't oh. what y'all bragging about this. This is your king? <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Before there was a Black Panther, that was my thoughts. I'm like, y'all call this a stadium? What is this? I can't get jiggy with this. <laughs> I can't get jiggy with this? What the? <laughs> it's super uncomfortable. I'm like, yo, take me to a real stadium on the south side. And the one thing I didn't know was originally one of the proposed, proposed plans for that stadium was to have the city, like the whole city of Chicago, like to have the, the, the skyline as the as you look out from home plate. That would be like the background. Yeah, we, we talked about that, didn't we? I remember having a conversation about that. I, and that would be dope. Hey, I can't. That would have been so dope. That they just had to twist the home plate 90 degrees, and you would have had you would have the perfect the perfect almost the perfect ballpark with the perfect view. Oh man. So I can't remember. Oh, it was Eisen, Rich Eisen. So he posed this question. He said that what was your darkest moment in sports? And he, because he was talking about the Knicks and he mentioned about how Reggie Miller scored 88 points in, in, in one second <laughs> in that playoff game, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, you know, he mentioned that. So what, I know what mine's is and everybody should know this one. What was, what would be the darkest moment in Chicago White Sox history that you remember where you, it just, Something happened and it just took your heart out. Ooh, darkest moment in Chicago White Sox history. Because if you say sports overall, the first thing I would have went to was Derrick Rose's first injury. Now that that would have been my first my first go to. But if we stick in strictly to baseball, I would say probably my darkest moment. Baseball wise, was I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I said I said darkest moment. Say I'm gonna say darkest years, and I'm saying it's the moments after them couple of years after they won the World Series as as they try to put together these teams to try to chase after to try to make it to the playoffs. So that was during that time they made trade, they traded away like Fernando Tatis that was in their system. 
Now that dude's a, you know, is a dog. Really? I didn't know he was in the system then. He was. And then, because uh, Ozzy Gillian, how long did he last after that World Series? I can't remember. I was going to say it was like two years, maybe. I could be wrong. Because it was him and Kenny Williams. Had, was it him and Kenny Williams by the edge, or was it him and Ryan's book? Him and Kenny. Him and Kenny. So I, I, I would say them, them years, because they would just add, they'll add like old veteran players. Like this is like Ken Griffey's last stop. You know, here comes Manny Ramirez's last stop. Like they would just add these people. Just like, yeah. Oh yes. Like as cool as it is to have these people, you know, these iconic people on your team. You start like doing like a fantasy draft with with your players, like oh, what you know, it's nice to see these person in your in, in in my uniform. Didn't Rob Dibble even came over, or was he on that team? I'm not sure. the the big The two biggest people I remember is is Ken Griffey and Manny Ramirez. I remember Bo Jackson coming over, and having Bo Jackson and Frank Thomas. I thought that was like the scariest lineup. But with uh, you say Frank, but Thomas I know that was earlier, huh? You say the I, the uh, the other moment I was going to point point out too that was dark to me was when um, I think during the World Series run that that year Frank Thomas was a DH and I think he got hurt or he didn't come back. He didn't end up like missing or missing that whole year or something like that. Was it that year? Yeah, it was that year. I don't remember him in the World Series. I sure don't. He did, he, he wasn't he wasn't part of the, like he wasn't like he was hurt, but he was still on that roster because he has a World Series ring because he was a part of the team that year. But he was hurt. Didn't they have like a contract dispute or something was going on behind the scenes with him? Um, I think, that, I think that was I think that was a year after. Mm. I'm about to look it up right now. Um, yeah. So I, and then I know Paul Canerco because he man he handled first base, so that's why Frank was at on DH. Yep, he was on DH. Scott Pesednik. Oh yes. Well, so everybody, you know, being a Cubs fan, it's already automatic what our dark dark day was. But let me explain it out to you all. Yeah, I got so, I got here the dark day. Oh so, wait, oh I already know where you're going with it then. Yes, yes, you already know. So we are, I, I, we were packing up, we were moved to Atlanta and uh, Chicago had a really good team that year. So we were in the playoffs. And as I moved to Atlanta, this is the year that they call Bartman, that we would call Bartman. Mm-hmm. All right. So it was funny because, like I said, we were actually packing up and moving to Atlanta that, during that postseason. So we had we had our place. We moved in, and we didn't have our furniture. And I remember me and Sean was we were actually had a TV out. We were on lawn chairs in the living room, watching the playoffs. So, if you know if if you have no idea what happened, let me explain it to you. Okay. The Cubs are up three games or two against the Florida Marlins. And, I mean, they got young players. In it. Derek Lee, uh, uh, oh, my gosh, what's his name? Uh, he's in Detroit right now. Uh, who's a slugger in Detroit? He should be retiring by now. Mago, Ma- Maggio. 
<clears throat> I can't remember his name, but he he was in Detroit. He was he was there, uh, and then uh, oh my god, my catcher. He was well, Florida was a good team, you know. You had uh, Josh Beckett uh, on that team too. So, but anyway, Cubs were up three games to two, and we're going into this game, and it's Mark Pryor pitching. He pitches lights out. We're going there. We're coasting through this game. We got a lead. And we get to the seventh inning with one out, and all we need is seven more outs. Mm, and wait, let me tell you the roster real quick. So you had Damian Miller as your catcher, Eric Carros, just first. Yeah, day. from the Dodgers, he came over. Mark. Uh, yeah. Gr- Mark. Grzelinski. Mark Grzelinski. Yeah, Alex Gonzalez. Third. I mean, shortstop. Um, yeah. Aris Ramirez is third. Third base. That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite Cubs, first off. Uh, and then Moses Alou. Yep. Yep. Alou. He's essential to the story. Uh, yep. Corey Patterson center. Sammy Sosa in right. Yeah. Corey wasn't starting at that point. It was Kenny Lofton or Kenny uh, Lofton was so, on yes, Yeah. So he was in center. Um, I think we even had. No, I was going to say Derek Lee. Derek Lee was still in Florida. Okay. So, Eric Carroll was at first. And anyway, we had Mark Pryor, and we also had Kerry Wood. So, you know, we had mm-hmm. two of the top two pitchers in, in the league. But Mark Pryor was lights out the whole year, and he was on the mound. Three games or two, we're about to close it up. And I want to say Juan Pierre, no, uh, popped it up. One of the models. Anyway, he pops it up, third base side. And Moises Lou is giving chase. And if you haven't seen Wrigley Field, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I even – I barely even look at that side of the field anymore, so I can't even tell you they it again, uh, you know. But he pops it down a third baseline, okay? And it's like 20, you know, 20 feet away from from the third base back. And it's getting towards – going towards outfield. And Moises Lou is drifting over, drifting over, drifting over. And as it's about to go up into this little corner – so the third baseline goes straight down. And when you get to halfway into the outfield, it actually lines up with the uh, the bleachers. So you have a brick wall there, you know, with some padding, but not a lot. And you got Ivy on it. So basically the third base out foul line is, is inches away from the, you know, from where the, the brick wall is at. So Moise is making over. So he's at this little spot where it's still a little corner and uh you know so he goes to jump up and catch this ball and he's got a good play on it as he jumps up a fan sticks his glove out and it's it's still kind of you know like maybe he stuck his hand over the line or not but anyway boys could have made this catch but it was a fan ball community where you're not sure actually just go ahead and catch it he actually Got in the way of catching this ball. The ball bounces around. Moise Lou doesn't catch it. And he throws the biggest fit I've ever seen. And I don't know, like, you know the curse of how the Chicago Cubs are, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so we're going through this deal and all these years of not winning championship. Just can't get there. The black, you know, just all just darkness for Chicago Cubs baseball. Can't get there. Can't get there. We are literally two and a half innings away from going to the World Series. And this play happens, which shouldn't be a big deal. 
Mark Pryor's on the mound. He should have went ahead and finished this game out. But what happens is he doesn't get out. Okay. So next 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 pitch, he gets on base. All right. And eventually, three hits later, Marlins actually have the lead. But for some reason, when that play happened, I swear it looked like a plague had just covered Wrigley Field. And I felt it all the way in Atlanta. I, I sunk so deep into my chair, like, I can't believe this is happening to us. And it was just a foul ball. We still had two innings left. We still had some, you know, some good at-bats and stuff like that. And we had some good defense. And it was just like, did that just happen? The whole, everybody just got quiet. And so when I say, like, there was a dark moment, and, and, and as, as far as I'm concerned, that dark moment lasted those last two innings and the next game because um, they ended up losing that game, especially on the key error by Alex Gonzalez at shortstop. You know, so we lost that game. Game's tied up. Our series tied up 3-3. Last game is in Wrigley, which we should go ahead and win. And the game starts off and it's still dark. We're still like, oh, my gosh, it, that foul ball. They found out who it is. They go after this guy, this poor fan, and everybody's, you know, they had to escort this kid out of the darn uh, stadium. And it was just like, man. And up, in, I think Kerry would have actually hit a three-run home run to bring us back in within that game. But we ended up losing that game, and we didn't go to the World Series. That, that was a dark moment. And it wasn't lifted until, until 2016. Yeah, I I do remember that very clearly. I was like, dang, that's that does suck. Like, so my question is for you. So, say they go on and win win the World Series that year, do you think that they still win a World Series? And was it twenty six? It wasn't twenty sixteen when they won, was it? Yeah, we won two twenty sixteen. Yeah, so, do you think they win in twenty sixteen? Um. Now, yeah, because I mean. I got a follow-up question after that. Well, because, I mean, that was, I believe that was 2003 that that happened. And so you look at 2016 and, you know, that team started getting formed around 2012, I want to say. Uh, you know, when they made the 2012 or 2013, when they got that trade for Rizzo. No, probably before that. We got Rizzo. They started unloading some people. Um, they even had the uh, Alfonso Soriano uh, time that we had there. So uh, there's a good space in between. Um, but I don't know if they would. I, I, Because here's the thing. That year was the same year, I believe, as the Aaron freaking Boone home run shot. So Boston was also up three games to two in their side. So this could have been a Chicago Cubs, Boston Red Sox World Series, which would have been amazing. You know, I don't think the Cubs probably would beat, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of them. But I don't, I really don't think they would have beat Boston. Um, but Aaron Boone put it into Boston's run. Uh, Eric Bartman put it into our run in 2003. So. Yeah. So, and then now my follow-up question is, do you think if you had a chance to give one championship to either your o the 2016 team or the 03 team, who do you get the trophy to? If I had to choose which, if if hypothetically the 2003 Cubs actually made the World Series and won it, or do I take the 2016 World Series? Is that what you're asking? 
Mm-hmm. I take the 2016 World Series. Okay. And I, I say that because the pain and torture that we went through before 2003 and then had 2003 happen and then over 10 years of more Cubs misery just made the 2016 even that much sweeter. I, yeah. I've like I, I I can't explain how that felt, you know. And and it's funny because I I I don't know if anybody heard how me and Mark get got into it about the Bears and and this whole deal about mediocrity. And here's the point that I made to him uh, on a sidebar that we had talked. I said, you got to understand something. It's not that I'm okay with mediocrity. The thing is, is I'm a Cubs fan. I I followed this team through everything you know not questioning anything just you know hey we're going through it we're going to win we used to go to cups games just to have fun like they even had a, a commercial uh Aussie Spumante uh wine bottle popping and here's the commercial Cubs win Cubs win pop the bottle everybody's saying yay Cubs lose Cubs lose pop the bottle everybody's here yay because the Cubs were a good time you know, but at one point you start realizing, like, man, we haven't won nothing. We haven't won nothing. You know, and then 2003 came and it was like, we might win something. And then I was like, oh, you know, and someone with the offers, Ossie Vermont, was like, get that away from us. You know, so the next 10 years, it was just rough, you know, because we were so close. And then um, 2006, you know, 2015 came and, you know, we, we, we got bumped out the playoffs and then we came back that next year. And that run, in fact, that World Series was in doubt because we were down three games to one. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, we get that lead. We get to game seven. We get that lead. We're in Cleveland at that. And then we have our, our closer in there, which I don't think he should have put in so so soon. Uh, Chapman, Aronis mm-hmm. Chapman. He ran out of gas. And he's supposed to get in five outs which i'm just like that's crazy like you know if, anyway but you know then they tie it up and it's just like oh my gosh and then the rain comes and it's just like oh is this rain here just to torture us longer just to find out that they're gonna lose this game and then they come back out man and that was that that it was amazing bro and and even ross david ross to hit that home run when he did bro it was magical that game was magical. That whole that whole season, that whole year, the whole series was all all magical. Man. I if you would have picked the 03 team over the 2016 team, I would have reached through this Zoom meeting to slap. <laughs> I would I would have had a digital slap. <laughs> yeah, you would have got digital slap. Oh man. Oh man. So but hey, um, so before we go, I know we're going to wrap up here soon, but I want to mm-hmm. get into a little bit about the WNBA. Um, so they are on their 25th year starting Saturday. What do you think about Saturday. that? It's uh, historic, man. And um, again, this league's been through up and down um, over the past 25 years. And I think we're at the point where we're about to start seeing the W trend upwards without having to 
go up and down like it's been doing for the past 25 years. I think you're starting to see, you know, a lot of serious momentum get behind this league. You're looking at, you know, the league possibly going to expand over the next couple of years and um, you're going to see more growth. You're going to see the game get more and more competitive. Um, and um, just I'm, I'm looking forward to it as a, as a big year. Um, for the W, their their jerseys releases that they did, which I feel like we should we should probably do a segment on that one day where we kind of go through. I haven't that. looked at those yet. I know they were doing that. Their the jerseys are dope, man. Um, really a big fan of of some of the jerseys, so I definitely want to uh, try to get one one day. But so um, hey, so here's I I do have one interjection here, I, mm-hmm. I, and I and I'm and I'm pretty upset. So. I, there's two teams that I picked. That I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the Chicago Sky. I'm gonna follow them, okay? Mm-hmm. But I'm also gonna follow the Seattle Storm. All right, just because it says Seattle Storm, mm-hmm. and uh, I've always been. They got the colors as the Seattle Supersonics, which I've always been a fan of. So I'm gonna follow them too. So I'm I'm geeked Saturday because I'm watching these, these two games. Yeah. Um, but what I'm so upset about is I went online to try and get see if I can get me a shirt. I wear two XLT, so I'm I, I need the big and tall. So I'm tall. I need, yeah. you know, I need to cover my bigness. And they don't, they, they don't have any of the WNBA in 2XL. They don't? No, it's just 2XL, 3XL. And I'm, I'm so upset. I, I, I guess I just have to get a hat or. So what's wrong with, wait, you said you was looking for a 2XL size. 2XL T, 2XL tall. Oh, they're, it's be- longer. Yeah, I need it longer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, it's not just uh, them. I'm, 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 I have like a bunch of Cubs shirts I ordered last year. And the reason I, I wear it, like they, at work, they're like, you always got a Cubs shirt on. I say, well, this, this is one where I got cheap 2XL t-shirts from. So <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm wearing. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. I, there's, there's nothing to say about it. It's, it's just one of my, one of the things I'm going through right now, but I do want to uh, support the WNBA. I want to get into them. Um, I am down. I mean, or, if you if you got a three X, does it does it count as a two X? If if I do the three XL, what happens is three XL is, is wider. Okay. So, so it's, so it's, it's still short, but it's wider. So I feel like, you know, I have a gown on or something. Okay. Uh, a, a a very short gown, you know. Okay. But at this point, it might actually fit me. It's just not long enough. So. Yeah, I'm pretty big right now, so I'm sorry. <laughs> My self-esteem just went down. That's what I'm trying thanks, to thanks I'm so I'm like, yo, I have not like really, really thought about it. And it's okay, you know. I'm a look right now, I'm a little chunky. Nah, you know? I'm fat. Um, you're chunky, I'm fat. I'm I'm drinking whiskey right now and I'm fat. I'm I'm a little chunky. Every every shirt I put I put on my boobs stick out, so I'm chunky. Yeah, yeah. I just I just hate the fact that you know my bra just irritates my under under chest here. That's why <laughs> you just gotta go free. Just don't even bother. I know. Me. I was thinking about doing a sports bra, but you know, hey, we'll, we'll cross much, that bridge. Too much work. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead about uh, what you were saying. Sorry. No, no. Uh, they came out with new logos, uh, so I think it'd be 
if you can, you know, do something and find something to support the league, you know, please do so. Um, I even I got the WNBA league pass. It's like seventy dollars for you know all the games for all the season for the whole season. And um, so no, I think there's this one time fee. So I just did that, and I know both me and my wife we have a hoodie. I have a orange. I have a gray one. She has an orange one. I um. Um, I know I'm we'll probably look to add a shirt or maybe possibly a jersey and definitely try to catch a, a fever game since that's the closest thing to us. Try to see like a fever and sky game on these Fridays or Saturdays or uh, Sundays. So, so. so you just mentioned that you have the uh, WNBA League Pass, which is one definite way to go ahead and see it. But I don't know if you heard the news, but apparently, um, I, I don't know if it just came up today or yesterday, but they just did a partnership with Amazon Prime. So they will be uh, showing some games that is not going to be showed on your regular networks of ESPN and ESPN3. No, I didn't. Um, I know they signed a partnership. I thought that was like with CBS or something like that, but I didn't know uh, it was with uh, with Amazon Prime. So I'm looking forward to seeing those games. Definitely. Yeah, so um, – that is something that just came out, which is awesome because I have Amazon Prime. So I uh, hope that yeah. I can see enough of the Chicago games and the Seattle games. Um, one funny thing I, I noticed on there as, as you know, I, I've been doing some digging into it. And uh, I know last year they uh, they went to Orlando and they had their the bubble, just like the men's uh, team. I don't know if they're in Orlando, but uh, they had their mm-hmm. bubble. And uh, somebody, somebody commented that uh, it was called Life in the Wobble. Not the bubble, but the wobble. Yeah, it was called it was called the wobble. I didn't know that. That's yeah. That that seeing how last year went, that would have really lightened the room here in my house if I had known that. So yeah, um, they call it, they call it the wobble, and also a lot of people say saying the WNBA is just a W. Those are just two W. Teams. Yeah, just a W. Uh, hey, I like that. I, hey, what's going on in W tonight? Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, did, have you come across uh, this new thing where they got the Commissioner's Cup? Mm-mm. Ooh, I'm, am I breaking news to you? So, look, I've been I've been trying to get prepared to actually graduate. So, I've been like, no, you sports you got to play for past past two weeks. So, tell me, tell, tell me about it. What, what's what's going on? So. So they got this commissioner's cup and apparently if, if I, I got to get off memory here. So apparently what to do is I think it's going to be 10 games. That's going to be selected before the all-star break. Um, and each team is going to be either graded or given a certain amount of points uh, out of these base, these games. I think it's like the first home game and the first away game, they get certain, a certain amount of points and uh, it's going to be like Olympic style. So they're going to get so many points. And uh, they're breaking them off to the east and the west, or two kind of two different divisions. And the winner of both divisions is going to face off four days after the either after or somewhere in the medals or somewhere during the Olympics, because W the W will be off during that time uh, during the Olympics during the the, the break. And uh, mm-hmm. top two teams are going to face each other for this uh, commissioner's cup and they're going to be each players, whoever wins is going to be broken off. I think uh, 
either 3000 or something per player. So uh, they got a little incentive uh, before all-star break to, uh, to hit these points. No, I mean, I think that is their way of trying to, you know, keep everyone engaged and uh, keep everyone in tune with the season, even though when they go on a hiatus for the, the Olympics and the national team uh, competitions and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, I like it. I mean, any anything to bring attention to this league, you know, it's rightfully deserved and I'm looking forward to it. Definitely, definitely. So, um Another quick note that I noticed was um, the loss, uh, Vegas lost uh, one of their stars, uh, Angel McCartry. What happened to her? Uh, she has a torn ACL, and meniscus, so she would miss the whole year. That is tough. Have you, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, anytime I see a player, I don't care what team it is, um, you know, I, I, I like to say we are all Bears fans, but, you know, even if I saw a Packer uh, go down with, with an injury like that, you know, I I hate to see something like that because, you know, you always want to, if, if your team is playing that other team, you want to win while they're at their best. So, um, you know, I know that's, you know, I don't know the Vegas squad. I don't know a lot of these teams at all. Um, but I know uh, if that's one of the top players, you know, that's going to be a blow for that team. So, uh, you know, hopefully they're able to bounce back and, uh, you know, find a way to, uh, to compete and, uh, you know, somewhere be, and be there at the end. So um, yeah. now I mentioned to you my two teams I'm going to be following. I know you'll, you know, you'll follow Chicago, but do you have another team that, you, that, that you're interested in? Or oh, yeah, I follow, the I follow the Fever. You know, the Fever was the first. Oh, Indiana. Yes, yes, yes. The the Fever is the first uh, WE game that I've been to and um, been a fan of the team ever since. You know, I had a chance to see Tamika play in the last two years of her her team during those times. It's like I've seen, like, my more play. Uh, I've seen a lot of, like, good, good team. I've seen play a lot of good teams. So, um I've I've been always been a fan of the Fever, so I've followed them like closely. So, uh, but if I was the between the Fever and Chicago, the other team that I want to keep an eye on this year is for uh, the Dallas Wings. Just this, with all the new incoming talent that they have, they have a Guma Yeah, the, the twenty-eight first-round draft picks they had. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I I want to see you know what they do this year. Um, I'm, the Aces is gonna be good. Um, I mean, it's gonna be very competitive, and that's why I'm ready for the for this lead to expand. Because you, you're like, like try adding another draft draft class to this already talented and deep. You know, lead. You don't have room for these players. Like, there's nowhere for them to go. They just you gonna have start like seeing like first round draft picks just be go undrafted because of all the talent that is out there. So I'm ready for I'm ready for the lead to expand. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll bring a team in here to Wichita. (laughs) Probably not. I think I think keep your eye keep your eye on Philadelphia. Um 
I'm trying to think of other teams. Maybe possibly Charlotte. Maybe possibly. Is there anything in Florida? I think we asked that before. There's nothing in Florida right now. So we have an opportunity in Florida. Um, Arizona. I don't know. I don't know about Arizona. No. Uh, and there's nothing. In, they got Phoenix. Phoenix Suns. I mean, not Mercury. Yes, 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 they do. Okay, so Phoenix is in there. Dallas is in there. Phoenix, um, Dallas, Washington, Seattle, L.A., Minnesota. We need a New Orleans. We need something down there on the on the on the strip. Something going on with them. I don't know. I'm just throwing them out. There. I, I think I think if you do do a team in Philly and say New Orleans would be a bad choice. Um. Yeah, I I say start start with Philadelphia. You got to add to. Um, I'm trying to think what other what other city will I throw throw a team in. Um, maybe you'd say or San San Francisco. Have them play out of the. Uh, Oracle, or well, not the, the Chase Arena, where the Warriors they, play. What they should do is, well, they went backwards about it. They should have put a team in Oakland, and then why do that when Eric move them over to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say why why start off in Oakland? Everything has been weird. you go to. Oakland first and then move them to Vegas because apparently that's what the Raiders did and that's apparently what's about to happen to the athletics. You so low-key, I hope the athletics this would be a hard task, but I would prefer if the athletics came to like Indianapolis. Hmm. The problem but the problem with that is that there's a lot of baseball around. In, in the round the Midwest, you got two teams in Chicago, you got Cincinnati, you got Detroit. It's a lot of, it's a lot of baseball. Yeah, I mean Vegas is, is the one screaming. For sure, it'll be blazing hot. Uh, out there. They'll have to put a dome because it'll be blazing hot to be playing baseball out there. Yeah, and um, I know someone mentioned. I don't, I don't know. The two spots that they mentioned uh, was, I, I mean, it was Vegas, and then it was Portland, and also Vancouver. So, I I don't want to see them put another team in Canada right now. Yeah, I don't and I, Portland's like, I'm like, eh. I, Portland, Seattle's close enough. Portland could fly underneath the radar, but that's why that's why I'm rooting for Indy. That's why I'm rooting for Indy. That'd be a good head to throw in. I mean, why not? I, I just or, like I, or well, I, I that'd be horrible. I was gonna say maybe throw it at Iowa uh, near the Field of Dreams, but that's there's nothing out there. So. Yeah. So okay, put this in more perspective. All the teams you got in the Midwest, right? You have Milwaukee. You have the two teams in Chicago, right? 
We have Detroit. We have the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Minnesota. Reds. Minnesota, Milwaukee, and if you want to add St. Louis, you could do that as well. Yep. Yep. That's a lot of teams in the West. Yeah. So yeah, there's not much more places you could go, uh, MLB wise. You know, I like, hate for Oakland to leave. The I same do way too. That's, I feel like uh, yeah, I feel like that's iconic, and I don't think they that they should leave. But I get yeah, it. no, Dave Henderson and Dennis Eckersley. Oh my gosh, the Bash Brothers. Oh, you leave in Oakland, man. Uh, Oakland, take 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 care of your teams, bro. Oakland, come on, get out there, support the team, show them that you want them. Uh, but I mean, I know it still comes down to to owners, you know, owners and stuff like that. But my goodness, you know. Keep your teams there. Yeah, I um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with that, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's up with these teams. Um, these cities not tech want to take care of the teams, and I granted, again, granted, I get that. Um, these like when you get these stadiums, it come with a lot of stipulations and a lot of real estate and a lot of price hikes and a lot of taxes and yeah. stuff, but. But Vegas, uh, Vegas was just—it was just different. That was that—that that was an oddity. I mean, unless you get an expansion team like they did the hockey team, um, Vegas is begging to bring sports back there. So if any team is having trouble in any of these leagues, Vegas is like bringing. I pay mm-hmm. instead of paying an expansion fee, just move them here. That's why I hope that I want like the Aces. The Aces is the first team to be back or to be in Vegas, and I want them to get the most support. I think they should. I think I think sports in Vegas, you know, with I mean, you're walking the, the center line of the the gambling aspect, but still, like Vegas is a destination that people go to. You, you know, I mean. Really- you know, huh? another team that could get a you know another team that could get a team would be Nashville. I can see that. Nashville's a pretty big city. To bring another team to to kind of like the South area, I like that. Mm-hmm. Nashville or even Memphis. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. that area. Yeah, the Memphis, Tennessee. I said Nashville, but I'm really in Memphis. Okay. Yeah. I I went to Memphis this past during the pandemic. I actually went there. Don't tell nobody. Um, but <laughs> I think we went there uh last summer and mm-hmm. uh you know everything was pretty much shut down. But we went on the strip in Memphis and it was slow at first, but Come ten o'clock. I think everybody got out of high school and came on down there, and it was insane. So the old timers, we all went back to the hotel and went back to bed, or went to the casino. So, mm-hmm. um, but hey, real quick, I uh, I like I mentioned, I've been kind of digging to WNBA, so kind of looping back to that. Um, I know mm-hmm. Candace Parker was on that team, uh, so I kind of started looking at the roster, Chicago. The, uh, the Chicago Sky, and uh, I didn't know that she was married to Sheldon Williams, mm-hmm. former NBA player, 
And then I looked at this other player. Uh, I saw her picture, and she looked like she was ready to D up anybody in the regular NBA. Uh, her name is Diamond to Shields. She a monster. Is she? Oh, yeah. I am so excited. So she apparently her father is Delano to Shields mm-hmm. from baseball. He played with the Montreal Expos. I remember seeing him. I, I remember you know him facing off with Andre Dawson and all the other uh, uh, former Cubs like that. But I don't even know if he was there. Andre was playing, but still, uh, I just remember uh, Montreal Expos as an actual team with uh, Dennis Martinez. But anyway, uh, her brother is currently playing for the Texas Rangers. And uh, it's just amazing of the the way the sports runs in that family. Sounds about right. So, yeah, diamonds cold, cold bloody. Um, try they also have a they have a sister named Denim. So I don't know if you ever heard of Denim and Diamonds. Uh-huh. So I, 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 I gotta ask uh, Delano how he came up with the names, but still. Uh-huh. Uh. You know, another another person to keep your eye on eye on and the team is uh Courtney Vandersloot. Yep. Yeah. I saw um, her. I'm trying to think else other people that stands out or other good people on that team. Kalau Cooper is good. Kalia Cooper. Okay. So all right, Desmond. So I'm gonna need you and possibly your wife too to go ahead and Type up a memo. Uh, you can email it, uh, Skype it, or however, uh, but get it to the WNBA, uh, the W. Uh, let them know that uh, Shep Russ is going to be watching the WNBA this year. Uh, Just- and I, I, I need some fire. I need fire uh, that will keep me captivated and kind of force uh, conversation about the WNBA during uh, our podcast. Look, what I was gonna say, what you need to do is you need to tweet this tweet at the WBA and say, "Hey, I need a two XL tall T-shirt." Hey, I actually this week I've actually been jumping on Twitter. I just added probably like I'm slow, I'm very slow. So I just added, I just followed ten people. Uh, Rich Eisen was one. Uh, uh, Jay Hood and Cap, I I, I did that, and uh, it was a few others, you know. I made sure I got after you. I got, I followed you. Um, so I got to, I just follow. So I need to follow the, that's my next step. I need to follow WNBA. Uh, and I will be tweeting to them that I do need a 2XLT and uh, for Chicago Sky and the Seattle Storm. So that is what I'm definitely doing. Just go ahead and tweet after, man. I definitely will. So, but hey, before we get off here, I have one question for you. Uh huh. Do you drink? Absolutely. What? So what? What? What's your poison? Depends on the mood and how I'm feeling, and where Ooh. I'm at, and where I'm at. Critically oh, okay. important. Gotcha, gotcha. So like, like I'm getting into whiskey. Okay. So. Her whiskey plus hairy and chest. Well, well, depends on what whiskey you get, apparently, so far. So I, uh, this all stems from one night that I had with, with my buddy. Uh, shout out to, to Angel Martinez out here with Wichita. Uh, he is the, 
the the brother I had to not replace Mark with, but he has fallen into that role here since I moved here to Wichita, and uh, he invited me out one night, and I think uh, while we were there, we we're watching the Wichita Wichita State, and uh, they were in the um, the tournament, and we're watching their game. I think they were playing Michigan or somebody. And uh, we were drinking, and these guys came over, and they bought us a drink, and they gave us Cuddy Shark or something. And the rest of that night went hazy. Apparently, I ended up leaving. I was his ride home, and I left him there when he said, when I told him I was going to the car, and he said he had to get something. I continued to the car and continued home, and apparently I left him there with no ride. And he ended up somewhere at a party where he got choked out, so... Uh, Ever since then, I've been telling him that me and him need to have another whiskey night, and he does not stop cussing me out and saying, no, that will never happen again. So since then, I've been thinking I've, uh, I should get in a whiskey, and uh, since the coronavirus kind of ended our year last year, I've been jumping into whiskey. So Okay. What, what I've been doing is I've been doing wine lately now. Okay. Uh, like maybe on a Sunday after it's all said and done, grab a bottle of wine, start pouring, start drinking and pouring, just trying different. Like you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to like try at least like maybe one or two different wines a month, but I'll just I'll just sit and pour and drink. Okay, yeah, I, I'll probably do it with my dinner, and that makes it for easy just to go KO afterwards. Part of why I'm partly, partially chunky, but that's a different story. <laughs> Mine is all beer. I've 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 been drinking a lot of beer forever you know, since college. You know, you know what's pretty good to me that my mother-in-law got me hooked on is the angry angry orchards. They're angry okay. orchard, they're there's an apple kind that's just Yeah, yeah, I've had the apple. Don't they have like a peach? They probably do, but I just I just stick to the Apple ones. Gotcha. Bet. So one of I'm actually drinking right now. I've been drinking this uh, American honey. Uh, it's a wild turkey. You know, oh, so. apparently, if you want to also learn more about the WNBA, they have the document documentary going on ESPN right now. Really? Yeah. Okay. About what? What? What's the it's about just the w- history of it? Yeah, is it? I just know it's on ESPN right now. What? Yep. Well, I think that's a cue for us to go ahead and close this. <laughs> I think so. Because I'm, 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 I, I said before, I am all into the WNBA this year. Um, I'm really excited, uh, especially coming off of uh, uh, their contributions to uh, everything that happened last last summer. Um, you know, and their stance and, uh, you know, them speaking out uh, to, to, to everything that's been happening. So uh, I'm all in. I said, uh, go Chicago Sky, uh, Seattle Storm, let's see it. Uh, whoever else they play, show me something. And like I said, I'm all in, bro. All in. Put the chips in. That's right. So um, I guess. I guess that's it. Just a short sweep for you all. Uh, that was me and Dez today for the Me and E show. Uh, shout out to uh, to Mark. And uh, he's hopefully in a safe travels on his way to Chicago. T-
to uh, see some family, especially to see his brother graduate. And because you're walking across the stage, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Man, hey, keep out, keep an eye on my page. I'm in drop. I'm in uh, posting graduation drip. So keep nice. an eye on the page. That, are, are, is anybody going to stream this so I can see it? It's Saturday, right? It is. Uh, I can shoot you a link. You may have to remind me. But yes, there is a link for it. Okay. And, uh, and tell our viewers what you are graduating from. Yo, so I'm graduating from Indiana Tech um, with my master's in engineering management. Um, so a uh, big deal for me. I always wanted to go back and, and always get that next next level degree. Um, ultimate goal is always get a PhD uh, just because I just want to be a Dr. Jones. Um, so I'm one, one step closer than that. And um this this degree was like a redemption for my undergrad. I didn't do too high as an undergrad. I was just in it to try to make it. And this time I came into my master's and, um, you know, kicked ass and did what I needed to do. So I'm getting two degrees. I got one down. I got one more to go. That is awesome. Yo, so America, I want you to take a look out at this power couple here. You know, you got Desmond and his wife just running the show out there. Um, you know, successful, driven, and I couldn't be more prouder than both of them doing what they're doing. Uh, also, don't forget to uh, catch Desmond on his podcast with his partner for Changing the Game. Uh, listen to it. I caught a few episodes. I was all in on, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name, uh, the agent that you talked to. Uh, what was her name? Oh. Uh, Oh, I've dropped the ball on that one, but I listened to that one. She's an agent. She's an old agent for 30 years, a female agent. Are you talking about Jill? Yes, Jill. Jill yeah, Jill. Jill I, I did that so so uh, solo, but she she was down to earth though, and real real cool. Yes, yes, I thought that was that was that was the coolest. Um, I actually uh, I'm, I was going to pass that on to my partner that. Uh, does a lot of youth football and talks to a lot of youth kids and kids in the college because uh, it sounded like she spoke a lot of truth and kind of behind the scenes and what's going on. So uh, mm -hmm. that that episode was awesome. Uh, I'll be getting to another episode uh, within the next week here. Uh, so juggling quite a few different episodes. So, but uh, like I said, that power couple over there. This is Chef. That's Des for the Me and E show. Uh, Thank y'all for listening, and uh, good love to everybody. Clench that pillow tonight, kiss it, love it, and then hug your partner as well. Uh, that's a good love from us to you. Uh, good night, and thank you for listening.